Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain it what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random Show Radio, episode 454, coming to you on Monday. October 17th, we're going to look back at USC's 43-42 heartbreaking loss to the Utah Utes. Take your questions and so much more. As always, feel free to follow us on social media. We're at Reign of Troy on Twitter and Facebook. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Our email address is reignoftroyatfanside.com. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host, Alicia Deratol. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, we are back for another Fallout episode. Truly a Fallout episode. Um, when we moved over to YouTube, we got a bunch of comments at the beginning um, asking things like, why is it a car cast? Why is it a Fallout episode? A Fallout episode means, like, you know, it implies bad things and, and all that stuff. And, you know, why was there a Fallout episode to, uh, about the Rice game, for instance? Well, here we are. It's Utah. <laughs> USC loses to Utah. I, I think rightfully so. So uh, it is a fallout episode. I, I feel like there can be fallout to things that, fallout uh, to anything. Yeah. That, that were not um, not bad necessarily. I, I can't say I know the uh, etymology of the word in particular, but yeah, there's definitely fallout to this one. So yeah. fallout that could be far reaching. So we'll have to pick through it. There's fallout to the fallout episode. There is, yes. What's what's the the first thing you and I do when we finish an episode? Uh, we take off our headphones, sit back, and say that was a good episode, or that wasn't our best episode. 
oh, I didn't like this part. Oh, that, yeah. that part didn't go well. That part went well. Uh, this part. Went yeah. Well. Did, you, did you think this part went well? The, yeah. 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 Um, but welcome. Welcome, everybody who is watching us live here on YouTube, as always. And if you're joining us on Apple Podcasts, thank you for joining us there as well. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, wherever you're joining us. Uh, if you are watching us, I mean, you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a review over in uh, the, the app formerly called iTunes. Uh, it helps us grow the show. We did get a new five-star review from AngelsFan1522 that says, Best college football podcast. Michael and Alicia have this amazing act to draw me into the podcast. What I've come to expect every single episode will have some USC football content and a whole lot of food takes. Some are good, but some make no sense to me. But it doesn't matter because it's very entertaining, especially the playful, playful banter between the hosts. I love the show and I look forward to every episode. Yeah, thank you for the review, Angels fan uh, 1522. I'm going to guess that you had the same sort of catharsis that, that we had after the Utah game, knowing that, well, well at least the Dodgers fans in our lives are also miserable. Uh, congrats to uh, to Rama Murdy in the in the chat who is uh, from, from San Diego, said that she missed the car cast, or he, he or she missed the car cast because they were watching that game. So congrats to you. Sorry to all of our Dodger fans uh, out there. Uh, I will genuinely say sorry. I don't know that Michael will genuinely say sorry. <laughs> but uh, Angels fan uh, is probably along the, the lines between one of us, between at least other people are are not having a good night too. And uh, Michael full on gloating. I, I'm not gloating or anything. I, I just want to talk about Dave from Orange County, who's in the YouTube chat that says, I feel like I'm going through the five stages of grief right now from that Utah game. Well, yeah. what, what stage are you in? What, I, I don't, I never remember the stages. What are there, the stages? There's uh, anger, bargaining, denial, uh, depression and then acceptance is that what it is maybe something like that so on on saturday night i was definitely stewing in some anger <laughs> um i think a lot of usc fans were have been in denial slash bargaining for a while um sunday uh and today i'm definitely if if depression is being just exhausted beyond belief, <laughs> then that's me. Um, I would love to be on acceptance. I think it'll take me longer. Kenny is on acceptance in the chat. Uh, I think I will be on acceptance the next time I get to watch USC win a game, which always makes me feel better. Uh, but we have to wait a couple weeks for if, that. If to wait an extra potentially. Week, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the, the the stages of grief are a thing, and uh, and I don't know if if uh, waking up early to go watch Liverpool <laughs> set me into this tailspin hey, of tiredness. Beat, beat Man City. There you go. They Your, did. This transference, transference is undefeated, guys. It, it, I'm it sorry. Exists. If yeah. I could control it, I would have not applied transference in these directions uh, this weekend. Uh, but also, I did promise Marcelo in the Slack that I would make a public apology. When USC was up, I think it was after USC scored their third touchdown, I jumped the gun and said that USC was going to the playoff. I said, screw it, USC's going to the playoff. 
and Wait, you tweeted that no 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 in the slack oh okay. in the slack i also may have sent some text messages to people with that exact sentiment definitely jumped the gun definitely jinxed it i am it's it's a problem um i publicly apologize to the Rain of troy family to the oh, usc God. family to uh to the players and the coaches at usc that was definitely my bad and between me saying that and transference being on the line, I really just, I really screwed up. And, uh, and that's, and that's, you know, I have to look at the tape and, and learn from it and grow. And, uh, in November, I think you guys are going to really like what I'm, what I'm like. Did you, did you fight hard like a warrior? I fought hard, hard like a warrior to, uh, to, to, to not have that come through. And yeah, just. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's been I, – I have a lot of thoughts after, after you know, it's been a couple of days. I think we'll, we will get into those. I want to get into the news as well first uh, before anything. Um, but we did get a really quick uh, off-topic question I want to touch on before we get to everything else. Um, Dave the Greater says, leftovers for dinner tonight with – Twice baked potatoes. What do each of you liked on your baked potato? I am a sour cream and bacon and a lot of cheese person. I'll let some chives be on there too. I I, I don't tend to have chives no, available no to me. Cheese, yeah, definitely sour cream, cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take butter. I'll take uh, I'll take uh, everything, but I definitely need cheese and a lot of it. Uh, baked potatoes are bad because potatoes are bad in any form, with the exception of hash browns or fries. <sighs> There's the food take. It's There's the food take. It's it's, it's true. Sorry, mashed potatoes terrible. Scallop potatoes abysmal. Potato no. soup. Yeah, no, none of disgusting. all all of these are like my favorite foods. No. No. This is like this is my problem. This is my problem. Is um, potatoes are like my favorite thing. Like everything Me you too. just named fries there. And uh, no, I love fries. I love I love tots. I love baked potatoes. I love mashed potatoes. I love scalloped potatoes. I love twice baked potatoes. I love everything. I love potato tacos. Because ever had a potato taco? That stuff bangs. Um Potatoes in every form are my jam. Roasted potatoes, uh, you know, potato skins, loaded potatoes. Right. I mean, I'm I'm like the dude from from Forrest Gump with the with the shrimp. The the dude, you mean Bubba? Yes, I'm like Bubba from Forrest Gump oh, with the boy. shrimp. Um, cigar uh, or c- cigar Sager in the chat. Give me a pronunciation for your name because I feel bad. Um, I, I don't. I think you're overthinking. It. I think it's cigar. Okay, it, that's fine. Uh, it says cheese, sour cream, and green onions. You and I get along on our baked potato um, toppings, and yeah, this is why the people in the chat are better than you. Are better than you, Mike. That's fine. That's fine. Like I said, people listen for you. They don't listen for me. But that's <laughs> fine. Let's go into the news. We had a bunch of news. Talk. We don't really have a bunch of news. Oh, Noki, also a good potato. Yes, yes, Tim. Uh, you mean gnocchi? Yes. Yeah, it's a fun word to say, right? Because like the it's you gotta like lead it to gnocchi. Yeah, yeah. 
It's like you're going down a roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Keddy in the chat. All right, uh, let's get into the news, Alicia. There is uh, big news to discuss about the polls. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. USA now six and one, six and one in the um, in, in their record through seven games going to the bye week, the midway point through the season for all intents and purposes, and they have fallen from number seven in the AP poll down to number twelve, but there still remains three Pac-12 teams in the top twelve. Um, I'm pulling it up now. UCLA is number nine. Oregon is number 10. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Your, your, your thoughts on being on SCB and 12? It, it felt about right. Uh, it was a tough loss for USC. Uh, it was still a loss, so they had to drop. Um, I, don't, I don't mind, obviously, dropping. I do get the feeling that USC would have dropped further if the circumstances of the game had been different. I think that USC gets a little bit of a, a of what pass you can get from having a loss, knowing that it was in Salt Lake City, knowing that it was by one point, a two point conversion at the end of the game, uh, and just the way it played out. Like I, I as we're going to continue to say, that was not a bad loss, and and I think the rankings reflect uh, reflect that uh, the voters don't see that as a bad loss. And what and right. you know talking about what we talked about in the car cast about like what does this mean for the playoff and for all this kind of stuff, like. In the grand scheme of things, and we talked about this before even, a loss to Utah at Rice-Eccles does not end your season. A one-point loss, yeah. A one-point loss at that. You no. you really can go ahead and take care of business for the rest of the season. Your goal right now, if you're USC, is simply to get to the Pac-12 title game, and the path to the Pac-12 title game 
is still pretty much in your control. It, it, it's uh, yeah. you can you can say it. You can say it. Like USC controls its own destiny. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and uh, and it obviously it won't be easy because you still got to go against uh, Notre Dame, who is terrible, but also I, I don't know what Notre Dame is. They have a really good tight end. That's scary. And you got to go through UCLA. So, you know, there's still hurdles to, to cross. But when they when the voters drop you to 12, if you get through those hurdles, you will be in range if you make it to the Pac-12 title game to be in that playoff conversation again. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at the the rankings right now, and I I thought 12 was a little harsh. Now 12 is good. If you're gonna drop to 12, like 12 is a good spot to 12 be. 12 is not 18th, right? Yeah. Um, and the way I looked at it, I and I'm gonna talk about this more when we talk about the game. I feel way better about SC's prospects now than I did a week ago. Quite honestly, even with USC losing the game. Um, I feel significantly better about where this team is and significantly better about their chances to do anything later on this year, whether it be uh, win the Pac-12 or potentially go beyond that. I feel better about where USC is now than I did a week ago, honestly. And, and you know, they but they, they dropped five spots in the poll. And I think that's a little bit harsh when given that it was a two-point conversion on on the road against the ranked team in the last minute of the game and all that stuff. But you have to look at the landscape, remember? We, we talk about these polls like they're they're multidimensional. Like it's not just – and this is one, one of the frustrating parts that I have in talking about college football and rankings because we just have an idea of what a top 10 team looks like. And then, oh, well, SC doesn't look like a top 10 team or SC does look like a top 10 team. Oh, well, this team does look they're, – they're not playing like a top 10 team. Well, if there's no, if if there isn't, you know, ten teams better in the country than them, then they are a top ten team, even if you don't think it. Like mm-hmm. because it it's a ranking based on everybody else. Like that's what a ranking is, and you look at it. Well, who are the teams that lost uh, this past week? Alabama lost um, in the last second, and Alabama's Alabama. Yeah. Like, yeah, they weren't going to fall behind SC. They were already, uh, you know, ranked number three. Like that was always going to be tough for for SC to be ranked ahead of Alabama this week. Um, even if SC wins, I think Alabama's in front of them. Oklahoma State loses in double overtime mm-hmm. at TCU. on the road at TCU. Basically, the same thing that SC had it was a road game against the ranked team. Uh, losing a one possession game in at the very end. That's what Oklahoma State had too. Uh, they end up one spot ahead of SC. Okay, fine. Um, you know, it it sort of all and then TCU gets the jump considering that they beat Oklahoma State. It all sort of makes sense. And they're yeah. all those teams are right about the same place. They're all right about the 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 same level, if you ask me. Um, the, the, the dividing point is the top two right now, Georgia and, 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 um, Ohio State State. look like they're on a different planet. Um, but Alabama came back to, to the rest of the, of the group and maybe Tennessee ends up being one of those, those top three. I don't know. We'll see. But there's a, there's a lot of football to be played. Uh, UCLA is going up to Eugene to, to play 
uh, in Austin this week. So at least one of those teams will lose and mm-hmm. presumably fall behind SC. I There's plenty of time. I don't think the polls matter too much in that sense. Oh, there's a lot of time to get back into the top 10. Yeah, 100%. By next week, it could be yeah. without doing anything. Right. Uh, let's talk about the game time for the Arizona game in two weeks uh, on October uh, was the 29th. Uh, the Trojans play the three and four Arizona Wildcats in Tucson at Arizona Stadium. Uh, it's going to be 4 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Uh, the Wildcats, of course, three and four coming off of a bye week. They will be as well on, on a bye week this week uh, after losing back-to-back games to Oregon and Washington. Started out three and two, three and four against two of the best teams in the con- conference. No harm, no foul there for their rebuild. Uh, Jaden Delora is racking up passing yards left and right. Uh, they look like they're going to be an offense that could give SC fits. Absolutely. Um, and, but we'll, we'll talk about the, the more probably next week. I would have, if, if, you know, did we, I think we talked about at some point in the last couple of weeks about if it's not one of the teams that you expect to beat SC, Utah, UCLA, certainly a top 10 team. Notre Dame, just based on prominence and history and all that stuff. If it's not one of those three teams, who is going to beat SC down the stretch? And I said I wouldn't be, like, totally gobsmacked if Arizona put up a a, a fight because we've talked about how they have a pulse um, with with the new coaching regime with with Jed Fish. And – they have an offense with a uh, a quarterback who loves to throw the ball everywhere and three damn good receivers. I could see them like getting in a shootout and that they have no business being in and then, and then being a hassle. But what did I say just a couple minutes ago? I feel better about SC mm-hmm. right now than I did before a week ago. And I think the worst thing for Arizona's chances of beating SC was SC coming in on a loss after the bye week? The, the only counter to that is that, like, the best thing for Arizona's chances was USC coming in off the bye week with, like, big injuries. And oh, sure. yeah. that that's, yeah. I mean... Which could be the case. Which we, could we, be the case, we, yeah. We don't have an injury update with 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 uh, Addison... Or, or Gentry, um, don't know the the status of those guys. And I don't know that we'll get one this week either. No, I don't think we will. I mean, I think at most we'll get a they're not practicing, yeah. um, which I do not expect them to be. They shouldn't be practicing. Like, right. put them in, in, wrap them in bubble wrap this week and just let them sit. If it's, some, if it's something they could come back with at any point, just let them sit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for Arizona, our, our buddy Rob Bowron – who does the beta rank uh, stats? He posted a graphic of um, the the difference, uh, the matchup difference between USC's offense and Arizona's defense. And uh, it's got to be atrocious. <laughs> it's, Larry it's in the thing. chat said that Arizona's defense is horrible. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. I agree with you that like Arizona could give USC a hassle. SC could, I mean, could give up points to Arizona. Certainly. Yeah, but unless USC turns the ball over five times, USC is going to score seventy here. So. Right. It's just going to be one of those games, and uh, and and that would be that, that. I mean, that it could it could be a weird game. It really could be. But uh, USC should also be able to look ahead to the next couple of weeks after the bye week and know 
this is getting our bearings back. This is getting, you know, building up momentum towards the end of the season. That's what they need to be focused on. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be interesting to see how the bye week goes. Pactual Network, so yeah. that's the last one, theoretically. Pre- the pres- presumably, presumably, yes. Presumably, yes. Yeah. Um, SC going down the stretch, uh, the last four games, you're looking at uh, uh, Colorado's going to be on FS1. Then the only other game to potentially worry about is is Cal. Cal. Yeah. And, yeah, I could see Cal being on ESPN, like, back to after dark or something like that. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. Uh, we we will see that when we uh, when we get there, uh, we'll we'll get that news uh, next week. No, two weeks, because after the Arizona game is the is the Colorado game, right? Yes. Is it Cal Colorado? Colorado Cal. I'm losing. They're both they're both C names. So. They're both C names, and they're both and they're both in games November. USC should not lose. So yes. that's fine. The only important thing is one of those is on a Friday, <laughs> and one of them is not. <laughs> yes. Um. All right. Uh, let's 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 get into talking about um, SC and Utah. The Trojans go on the road to Rice Eccles, lose 43-42. Uh, they put up a billion yards, 556 yards. Only problem, the Utes put up 562 yards, uh, including a couple yards on a two-point conversion, and that's the stuff that hurts. The one that hurts for SC is the two-point conversions and the uh, fourth down conversions. Fourth down SCO of two, Utah three of three. There you go. There's the game right there. Utah converts their, their fourth down opportunities and their two-point conversions. SC does not. Um, that's it. And, you know, to, to go off my point, I'll, I'll go on my soliloquy before I turn it over to you here. Why do I feel better about where SC is right now versus last week after this game, even though SC lost, you asked? Because I had I had honest concerns about what the where the offense was. We know that SC has all the star players on offense, and we know that SC can be you know, uh, and it's super explosive offense. We saw it in the first half against Stanford. We saw it against Rice. We saw it at times against Fresno State. All that kind of stuff. But they hadn't been consistently just torching teams. And one of the frustrations that I've had in the passing game has been a lack of a vertical passing game, a lack of a of finding receivers open downfield. Uh just in general, maybe not even, you know, completely vertical, but like the the mid-range passing game hasn't dudes haven't been wide open down in the middle of the field uh on crossers and all those kind of things 20 yards downfield. Those dudes were open for days. Were open for days. Uh, against Utah. How much of this was, you know, Utah just playing a, a terrible zone? Uh, Brock Heward loved to talk about that. Maybe that's part of it, sure. I, but I have a hard time thinking that Utah is, you know, inept enough on defense to for two times in the last four years to come up with a defensive scheme where they purposely, not purposely, but like sabotage themselves stubbornly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we we they did that before. Uh, the, and the YOLO game, yeah. The, the, the YOLO game, yeah. And, you know, maybe Matt Fink scared you, uh, <laughs> scared Kyle Whittingham and um, and Morgan Scally into never, ever running man defense again. Maybe that's what it is. And and they were gonna, just going to play the softest of zones because of that. But SC was able to get in behind, um, even with the, the soft zones. The zones didn't take away the deep ball. 
they were able to have, you know, the, the, you you talked about in the car cast that SC should have slowed down in the third quarter. Well, there's a drive. They have three plays. The first play is like a, a post uh, to, I think it was Mario Williams, who's wide open. Oh, that, the one to, the one, the widest of all the wide opens wide was open Mario Williams. At, at midfield, and just, okay, well, there's 30 yards. Yeah. And then the next play is like a run to to um, Travis Dye for like 15. Uh, and then the pass play to follow for like 12 or whatever it was. And it's like, well, yes, ideally take more time off the clock. But if you're able to move that quickly, like, come on, you, you take it. And so for me, I, I, I really liked what the offense did. Um, we can talk about the struggles with, with the defense. Absolutely. I think the defense um, does need to does need to be better. At the same time, I think that we need to not completely think that we were all sitting here a week ago praising, you know, Alex Grinch and talking about on this podcast. We got a question, I remember, that said that it, who's who's been a better coordinator through the first six games? Grinch or Lincoln Riley? We both said Grinch. We all agreed Grinch. Everybody, You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we, we all thought Grinch. And now suddenly it's, oh, well, the defense is the problem. Oh, like, let's not have this confirmation bias with this, like, short perspective where we only look at one game in a silo. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, like, tired of that perspective and those narratives. I want to look at everything overall. And is this defense perfect? No. At the same time, A, I, I don't want to sit here and talk about refs anymore. It's tiring. It's whiny. I I Talking about it for another podcast is I'm gonna pull my hair out. Like it's, it's there's no point. Boy, have I got news for you? Oh god! <laughs> um, uh, but at, at the same time, it, it it's it's baffling to me that people are oh the 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 pass interference plays robbed SC and also. And the team gave up 43, and the defense gave up 43 points. You can't have both arguments. Yeah. You can't have both, both arguments, right? Because if, you, if you're hardlining that the refs cost the game, well, then you have to at least take that the, the second Utah touchdown off the board, the, the one after the interception. The, the one on the long drive where it was the multiple penalties, yeah, SE had their chances at least to, to make – a stop and and they made the, the third first third down stop but like they had other opportunities there that they didn't do but at least the f- the first roughing the passer is literally the next play i so, mean it and it was an interception in the end zone like right. that's yeah. it, it so, was a huge play I, I don't know like the 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 defense didn't make the stop sure but i i keep going back to that, that's, this, this is college football this is not the co- – like, I know that we have this idea that great defenses hold teams to 13 points every game. That is not the freaking reality. Like, I, I, again, Alabama just came up 52 points to Tennessee, and are, are people asking for – I don't know. Maybe I don't read no, Alabama message boards. They are. But, you know what I mean? But <laughs> Alabama's like, defense is, is getting a- – getting to talking to but like you know what i mean like no but i know what you mean and 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 that's when you know i made it the the little joke there about talking about the refs i can't not talk about the refs because i do want to defend the defense i do want to defend the defense in that 
They gave up 43 points, but to me, they did get the stops that they needed to get. And that's what this defense has been. It's been right. you get the stops when you need to get well, they them. Got, they got the fumble. They got the fumble yeah. when they needed to get the fumble. And I've already, you know, talked about how well, and I have written down here, what could the I, I have written down the two questions. What could have the offense done better and what could have the defense done better? And under the offense, I have just the one thing. Um, aside from obviously I would have preferred to slow down the pace of the game earlier and run the ball a little bit more, but I, I accept what you said too. Like USC was explosive and they were scoring and they scored 42. Um, to me, the big failure of the offense was zero points off of turnovers. And when I say turnovers, I do mean like the turnovers in the sense that they got the one turnover that really needed, they needed to score something, a field goal, a touchdown, something, and instead they punt right away after it. Yeah. And then the turnover that we didn't get to see that was the interception, I think USC does, uh, does USC score on their next possession? No, I think they, because they were up 21-7. If they would have gotten the ball and scored there, it would have been 28-7. Yes, which would have made a pretty big difference in the game. Right. So the zero points off of turnovers is is huge. Um, and then on the defense, you know, there, there's a lot of different things that you can look at and I'll get to those. But I think also I feel for this defense because they got the stop. They got two huge stops in this game. They got taken away from them. And and that's going to happen. I, I, I like you. My complaint isn't what I'm seeing from a lot of USC fans where it's like they rigged it. Pac-12 wants to make USC lose. Like, no, I just think the Pac-12 refs are get quick triggers on their flags and it sucks that they don't let dudes play and that sucks because they're incompetent and also they tried to steal a timeout from Kyle Whittingham and also they gave USC extra seconds on the clock at the end of the game because they inadvertently blew a whistle because they're bad at their jobs like they were just they were bad across the board like I, I don't don't get it twisted that you that USC was the only one that got screwed by calls in this game everybody got screwed by calls in this game because the calls were just bad a lot of the time but with that out of the way um, those two stops make a difference in this game. And when we talk about whether or not Alex Grinch has done a good job this year, uh, if if we're talking about a game where Utah scores 30 points and USC wins 42 to 30, I'm saying I'm happy with the defensive performance against a good offense that had a tight end that was making life miserable for USC. Like I I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, that wouldn't it wouldn't be the end of the world. At the same time, I'm also the person who was saying over and over and over during the offseason that Alex Grinch defenses will be very, very good one week to the next to the next, and then they will have a game where they give up 40. Like I predicted that they would have a game where they give up 40. So I can't say I'm exactly surprised. This is what happens when, and these are my what could the defense have done better talking points. Number one, cover Dalton Kincaid. We we can beat this horse to death, put a man on him, change your zone, uh, change your matchups, uh, double team him, do something, do something to take him away. Don't let him get yeah. 200 yards. Even if that means that uh, Vele or one of their other playmakers makes plays and you still lose the game, just don't give up the 200 yards to, to Dalton Kincaid. That's pretty simple uh, in, in, in concept. Um, but I think even bigger than that, I, I I don't know that it's quite that simple. I, I, I mean, think that, simple in concept of, of yeah. just like don't let uh, don't let anyone ever get two hundred yards on you. But like, yeah, no, what no, can you you're, do? You're right. Yeah, 
Yeah. You, you, you can't let a guy have 200 receiving yards, especially yeah. a tight end. A tight end, yes, because yes. that means you're giving them that. And right. if you're giving them that, especially if you're giving. I do, I do think if you're force feeding a guy, uh, it, like. And this is what, but this is my thing is like, I don't mind giving up 200 yards to a single player if that's the only 200 yards that that team is getting. Right, and but, that the the that but that wasn't the case. But that wasn't the case because right. other players were also having success, and yeah. that was also part of the problem. And and I say force-feeding, but like it wasn't force-feeding to the point where Cam Rising is making bad decisions by, yes. by t- looking by, his by way t- looking at, Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is that Dalton Kincaid could have had 200 yards in this game and USC still could have won if they had done two things differently. Number one, and not even differently, probably better, um, and one feeds off of the other. Zero sacks in this game. Zero sacks in this game. That is a problem. That's a problem. I mean, we can we can scream and shout about the roughing the passer penalties, but the very nature of getting that... I mean, there's roughing, only one tackle for loss. Yeah, one tackle for loss, but the, the very nature of the roughing the passer, passer penalties is that you didn't get to the passer before he got rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so USC wasn't getting to Cam Rising quickly enough. USC wasn't putting pressure on Cam Rising. They weren't. Um, they were on a few occasions forcing him into bad decisions. But you got to you got to do that consistently. Bad throws, um, you know, rattle the guy. And I just don't think that USC was managing to do that. And the key to this defense has been to rattle the opposing quarterback, to get to the opposing quarterback, to create negative plays. And when you don't create negative plays, this is what happens. You give up these kinds of points. Right. And that feeds into not being able to create negative plays, not being able to get off the field, um, finish the first half better. Mm-hmm. Because Utah is able to bookend the half with touchdowns, and that cha- that basically takes away the advantage that USC had had early on in that game where they completely played Utah off the park. So we got a text from Jake during the uh, after the game that said, uh, "Love your post game post game and opening rant. I think you guys did overlook talking about the amazing start that USC got off to, contrary to expectations in a crazy game on the road with the helmets, etc. And how big the touchdown going into the half was for the Utes. And yes, it's all about timing of yeah. where you're getting your stops. And if you get a stop on the front end of the halftime or the back end of halftime." You buy your offense time to continue to go out there and 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 get that cushion that we've talked about before. Where I wanted to talk about this. One too, of the yeah. nice things is that USC in previous games had like a fourteen point cushion, and that they weren't letting teams get closer than that. But by letting Utah get those two touchdowns on those possessions, you sort of killed any of that. Well, now we're not just trading touchdowns, and it's seven, 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 seven going back and forth. Who the the lead? It's a fourteen point cushion. Is there's just so much less pressure on you and more pressure on them. So. I agree with Jake here that the timing that USC had had in their advantage for the defense for much of the season, it just wasn't in this game, partially because they couldn't get pressure and create negative plays, and also partly because when they did get the stops, they got taken away from them. So it's a crapshoot, and 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 it sort of goes around and around. Yeah, I, I you talked about the – Converting after turnovers thing, you, you know, SC has three drives in which they don't score, right? I, I believe that's right. I can pull up the drives really quick again. Three, yeah, downs, downs. Um, sorry, two punts and two downs, but one of them's at the end of the half. So, uh, two punts and a down situation. Um, and the problem is not that they had three drives that they didn't score. 
it's the timing of the of those three drives. It's yes, the they have the first roughing the passer penalty, uh, and we got a comment from from Larry in the chat about that. The first roughing was roughing. Watch the play again. Clearly, the ball was gone. He saw it. Took another step. Dove in the quarterback. Consistently called all year, regardless of, of the team. Now, okay, the only thing I'll say about the refs, the first roughing the passer penalty, to me, is not roughing the passer. But I absolutely am with Larry here in that to Pac-12 refs, surely that's in line with what they call. That is a and that and I I tweeted it out as much during the game that like that is one of those things where our inclination of watching games growing up of what it takes for a for a player to to be roughing is taking an extra couple steps and nailing them uh, when they don't need to. Right. And I think that's Brock Heward's definition of roughing the passer too, taking a cheap shot and all that kind of stuff. The reality of it for the Pac-12 is taking something where you could like you couldn't have at least thought about uh doing anything Here's- to 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 take away your your momentum there. And I think that that there there could have been the- again, theoretically, um, you know. He, he he does take a step and and yeah he he could have moved his body a little bit differently and so for me it's not pa- roughing the passer but I get that the, the Pac-12 always calls that yes I'll give you that part for sure but to go to go back yeah, to the point quick that, quick counter before yeah. you go back to the point um my issue with it is that and I agree with the general sentiment that like Pac-12 refs this is just they they have quick triggers on these right. things that's a roughing the call in the Pac-12 it's but not a roughing the call that we think of my point is that and this didn't just come up in this particular game i have been screaming for a long time about how pac-12 refs are completely unfair to defenders because when you are running full speed at a person and they only let you have one step less than a step like if you you can't have one step and and put your hands on a quarterback and no matter what you're gonna get like my problem with it is that if a receiver had had the ball come and tip off their hands the same amount of time had passed before a safety had shoved off of them, that wouldn't have been called a late hit because the safety is making a play on the receiver who's trying to catch a football right. and m- might not necessarily see that the ball has gone away. So like I was even thinking as I lay in bed that night, it's like, okay, so if you're going to want to, if you're going to ask to call plays with that minimal time in between the hit and the ball leaving their hands, you need a secondary whistle, like a duck call or something like that, that you blow as soon as the ball is out of the quarterback's hands. Because, like, otherwise you're going to end up with all – and I'm not being serious. I'm being facetious. But, like, otherwise you're going to have – you can't hold defenders right. accountable for, like, when the ball left the quarterback's hands. Because, yeah, like, that's, but then, it's, then it's just ridiculous. you're asking a ref to take a step to react to the thing. No, all I'm asking like, is for the, the refs to use that. common sense and understand that a, a man rushing full speed at a quarterback is going to run into the quarterback and it's just right. going to happen and you don't have to penalize that. Um, yeah, welcome well, to contact sports. But, like, Chris, but, Chris, he says the replay always shows it in slow motion. Looks like he could have pulled back. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, now the the second roughing the passer penalty, and the only thing I'll say about that one is he got call, he got called because it was a hard hit. Uh, I don't think the timing was late at all. It was just really hard, and I think that you you you're the ref there, and you see, oh shoot, uh, it it was he got hit after he threw, and it was really hard. Well, 
that's roughing then. And it's like, that, but that's, that's not roughing. But like, but anyway. It's not roughing, whatever. Um, I just, uh, I love to, Dave, but, Dave in the chat talking about like, if if these refs were in charge of Tennessee, Alabama, half of the defenders on both sides would have been ejected for something. Like, I agree. Yeah, yeah for sure. But to, to, to go back to the to the point about the the timing, yes, the, absolutely. The, the timing's right there. If if the if you just move the drives around of when SC uh, didn't score and when they did, yes, I, so much changes, and it, it's weird to think about that, but like it it is the reality where you know um, the the middle eight is the the middle part of the game, the middle eight minutes, the last four minutes of the of the first half, and the first four minutes of the second half. The, the middle eight is is what coaches call. I think it's a it's a mm-hmm. Belichick thing. I've always considered bookending the half as like the thing like yeah. that is. And, and, you know, players will talk about it. Um, I was just watching the, uh, the, the Panthers game yesterday and Mark Sanchez was talking about it uh, that you, this is how you teams separate themselves is they score before the half and then after the half and a close game can become a game that you have complete control in or the inverse a game in which SC can you know, jump out to a twenty-one to seven lead and have control in that way, it evaporates. It it can evaporate, and it did evaporate in this game because SC has a great drive at the at the end of the second quarter, but they scored too quickly, and um, Utah ends up coming down and scoring right before the half, and it is a completely different game if it goes into halftime with SC up two scores. Mm-hmm. completely different game. Um, but it isn't. Uh, it also is a completely different game if Utah doesn't fumble the ball inside the five. Well, and and also by that point, by the time Utah fumbles, uh, by, the, by the time that fumble is created, we, I know, at home and, and talking to everybody else, like everyone knows that this is a whoever has the ball last is going to win because neither of these defenses can stop the other. Uh, the other offense. And so when USC's defense gets a stop, a score after that stop is extra demoralizing because everyone in that stadium knows, well, you know, we, you know, neither of these teams can stop the other and they just stopped us and then scored. And that cushion is back up to 14. And I'm not, I'm not like blind. Utah could have could have responded to and credit to Utah's defense for responding the way that they did. Cause if they don't respond and give up that, t- give up a touchdown, then it's an entirely different game. And for all I know, USC could go up 14 and then Utah could come around and force a turnover and, and get a touchdown themselves and do a million things that come later. So again, like the momentum stuff isn't perfect, but I agree with you that the timing of letting Utah get a stop right after you got a stop, it just it just wipes the slate back down to well now it comes down to scoring and scoring and scoring. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. And you you look at it that and look at the timing of it and uh, Utah scores on five of their last six drives and the only one that they don't they get seventy two yards and and it's the fumble there. Mm-hmm. So like yeah the and and what is- again one of those drives is the. Um, well, two of those drives are the the penalty drives. The first the first of those last six is the the drive with the interception taken off, uh, and then one of the middle ones is the the in the beginning of the fourth quarter, 
uh, is the one with the the other pass interference, uh, uh, rough in the passer thing. Yeah, that one. It was a third down stop, but like I said, less egregious because SC at least had multiple plays uh, to to respond. They didn't. Um, they even committed a perfectly, uh, you know, um, egregious pass interference of themselves with Makai Blackman down the sideline on that drive. So, like, you know, they, it, it's about how you respond to things, and and this is why, um, you know, coaches talk about. Uh, I can't remember. I've listened to so much stuff in the last couple of days exactly who was saying this, but like the idea is that coaches don't want teams to, you know, be at the mercy of referees and exactly you, you got to control what you can control and there's going to be bad calls. There's going to be good calls and you, was- you can't be, you know, operating out there that, you know, this is a good call or a bad call in the sense of you got to be ready for the next play. Yeah. The, the line was don't let the refs break your heart. Yeah. I, who, who was saying that? Driving me nuts. I, I, it was a commentator on 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 a video on Twitter, and I think he might have even been quoting Lincoln Riley. So I don't know. Right, like it's, yeah, yeah. But but I think it's, I think it's the right sentiment, and that's again why Lincoln Riley isn't going to come out in the in the press conference and say we lost because of the refs. Because again, you have to preach that you have to take some control of your uh, of your lack of a better word, destiny, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that is, you know, part of coaching is making sure that your players are in control of what they can control. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, things are not going to go great, but you have to, you know, show the adversity and, and, and bounce back. And SC in this game on offense did that every time the defense um, on the one, well, on I don't that know that drive. they did that every time because the last five drives that USC had weren't exactly Oh well, there was there was in the last five drives that SC had, there was one drive that they didn't score. The the one punt. I thought there were two drives. The, well, the punt and then the end of the game. The other, well, the, the end of the the end you, of the game matters. The end of the game as as a not scoring. I, I mean, yes, I guess. Yes, we're counting the end of the game as a not scoring because but, we like, count for the a, nine as a score as a, as a big ga- as okay, a big drive. Like sure, yes, but but it's not a three and out. You know what I mean? Like they no. didn't, they didn't fail to convert a third down. No, but you, you, know have, I mean? you like, had the ball last. It's an unfinished drive. Like, USC I, had I the ball last. They had, well, yes, they had the yes, seconds no, and they, the timeout they, they to go down and score. I've they, seen too many teams go down no, and score. Right, but there's a difference between not capitalizing on a scoring opportunity to go win the game, which is what they, did, they didn't capitalize on that opportunity to go win the game, and uh, between saying a drive had zero points. Like, they didn't finish the drive because the game ran out of time. Yeah, but that was the time in which they were allotted. I, I understand, but like, if you're going to say that, then we should say that the that they didn't convert the fourth down in the in the first half when they went for it on went for it on fourth down on the last play of the first half. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I think you are wrong about what you're trying to say, but that's fine. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, let, let's let's get into over under and look back at the game. Uh, with our with our predictions uh, there. Uh, by the way, we, we got it. We, we got a comment um, uh, from Dee that says, "Can't listen to a USC podcast with the person who picked Utah." Um, Alicia, how do you feel about that? No comment. All right. Uh, let's get into over under and our picks and and whether or not um, I was able to extend my lead. 
So you're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over. I'll go under. I got to take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm going to do an under here. We went into this. I had a two-game lead on you. Um, 23-21 was my record. You were at 21-23. and 23. First over-under, you set the line in 181.5 rushing yards for SC. In the preview pod, I made the big case for why SC's rushing offense would get buco yards. Buku yards. And in the car cast, I complained about them not running the ball more. Yeah, they finished with 175, six short of, uh, uh, sorry, seven short of getting the over there. So I said over on 181 and a half. It was 175. Yep. You get the I under. I got the win. You get the under. Uh, next one. I set the line at 74 and a half Cam Rising rushing yards because uh, he had rushed for 91 against Florida, 73 against Oregon State, 59 at UCLA. You took the under on that. You said 74 and a half was a little too high. It was 60. You in the ballpark, but but not quite 74 and a half. And that's a pure 60 because there were no sacks. So yeah, no sacks. 74 he also was had just... nine receiving yards. He did. Uh, if if he would have gotten it with the receiving yard, like if the receiving yards would have pushed him over, I would have been so mad at myself for not saying all purpose yards. <laughs> yeah. That that would that would have been a, a rough break, but uh not the case. Uh also uh, yards of the two point conversion don't count. Um next one. You said over under one and a half USC turnovers. I said under, and it was under SC did not turn the ball over for the sixth time in seven games. I that alone is very impressive. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Now Caleb Williams has had now two interceptions overturned because of penalties. Um, the first one, I think, was a valid penalty, but this one was they only got the interception because of the PI. So, yeah, that was uh, that's fair. Yeah, next one I said one and a half. Uh, Tuli Tuapolotu tackles for loss because uh, he was the second in the country in tackles for loss going into the game and the national sack leader. You took the under on that, and it worked out. He had zero. Yeah, he was definitely in on a tackle for loss, but uh, he he wasn't one of the ones who got credit for it. So yeah, uh, and it wouldn't have mattered because he didn't get another one. He didn't, yeah, he didn't get another one to get past the one and a half. Uh, you said two and a half USC false starts, and boy, was this one close. Uh, this one was dumb. <laughs> I took the under, and it would have been under if SC gets the final defensive stops because SC commits four false starts, two on Mario Williams, one on, on Jonah Weinheim, and, and one on Bobby Haskins. Two of those came in the last drive, the very last yeah. uh, desperation drive. Who could have thought that Mario Williams would be the one that got me the over on uh, <laughs> on the false there starts? There you go. Always comes from from the unlikely source. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, I said, uh, <laughs> oh boy, over under 22 and a half Travis Dye carries. This, of course, coming off his career high, uh, or his, sorry, his USC high of 28 against Washington State last week. You took the over. You took the I I don't know why. I thought you took took the under. I genuinely, and I didn't look but i wanted to go back and check the tape to see if i'd written it down wrong because 
I can't wow. imagine why I, I think I took the over because I thought that they weren't going to give anybody else carries, but also I might have just been out of my mind. Like I don't. <laughs> and that was bold. I, 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 I didn't think, you know, anyways, you, I don't I'm know. Glad you, I'm glad you took the, I don't, I can't, me the under. I can't explain it. Maybe, maybe Dave in orange County can confirm for us that I did in fact take the over because I, <laughs> No, I, I'm. You, I you definitely took the over for sure. For I, sure. I, yeah. I don't. You, you were just flying out wrong. It's okay. It's okay. You. Can I don't. I, I was a brain. It's all right. You, you, the first acceptance and uh, and ad- admitting it is is the first first step here. And uh, he only had eleven. So a little wrong on that prediction, Elise. Here, a little wrong. Yeah. Very say. wrong. Yeah. Uh, and the last one came from YouTube from Alex, who said twenty eight and a half points. Uh, for the Utes, uh, you took the over. I took the under, of course, was more than that. Uh, Utah scored 43. So for yes, the indeed. week, for the week uh, you went 5-2 and two and I went 2-5. and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, No one cares about that. Uh, for the season, you now lead 26-25. Um, again, no one cares. Uh, weekly winners, we got a few perfect 6-0s. Big shout-out to Alaska Trojan. Carrie from Chicago, Big Poppy 55, and Ocean Beach Trojans. All went six and up. That's a big one. Sorry, there were seven. There were seven opportunities. Not six and out. It's six and one. Six and one. Still, six and one is pretty good. Pretty solid. Hey, six and one is, I could have gone six and one, but I am a stupid person, apparently. <laughs> 22 carries. What was I? Uh, okay, I'm gonna be so, so mad if I go back and check the tape and I did take the under and we're gonna have to put in a locked, correction. No, no corrections. We're locked in stone now. Okay, so the season leaders, things have really tightened up. Uh, there's like 14 people within four points of each other at the top. Uh, so tied for open. seventh. Tied for seventh place is Cali Cat and Cali Matt. David Orange County, Matt from Rancho, Monterey Michelle, Moose Pants, <laughs> Ocean Beach Trojans, and Tad Frank. <laughs> moose you, Pants. You, you love Moose Pants, don't you? <laughs> oh, I salute you, Moose Pants. Uh, tied for fifth, L.A. Fred and Piwello. Fourth place, all alone, somehow. All alone, fourth place is Randy from Redlands, uh, <laughs> who's has a record of 32 and 12. Um, tied for second is Ryan from Arizona th- at, at 33 and 11, with uh, Carrie from Chicago, who's also at 33 and 11. And in first place, uh, second straight week, Jay Vandy, uh, who's at 34 and 10. Jay Vandy's in control. Yeah. Look look at that. Vandy atop the lead. This is definitely not the SEC. Yes, yes. Uh, Game predictions. Bill Connolly's metrics had the Utes winning by 6.8 points, uh, basically 35-28, with USC having a win probability of 35%. Uh, Mostly checks out except for the score thing. Uh, Vegas had the Utes by 3.5 with an over-under of 65. 65 got obliterated course sc loses 43 42 you said utah 33 usc 30 
I said SC 27, Utah 24. I had it, I had SC covering, but you know, it was way lower than where it ended up being. And you had Utah winning by three. They ultimately win by two. If those uh if those penalties had come through, then Utah might have scored 30 through four, but I still would have been wrong because USC would have scored 40 something. So that's fine. Yeah. Score predictions are a pointless endeavor. All right. Uh let's let's go to uh let's go to the mailbag. We got a bunch of questions. Uh we'll start with a message we got from Dan in Valley Village. Dan in Valley Village, I another reason why I miss the rant line. By the way, no one ever talks about the rant line. And no, we get questions from people every week. I, I, I've seen a million comments on Twitter. Yeah, people. I've seen nothing. I think maybe I'm getting DMs from people because they're oh. like, man, I really wish the rant line was I, around. Like, like, I, I've heard one person ask about the rant line. No, I've seen multiple and every like, week. I, I was like, well, geez, well, I guess no one liked it then. No, no, people loved it. We're just yeah. letting them down. Uh, well, Dan, frequent caller from, from Valley Village, uh, says, Hi, guys. I was listening to the car cast and heard Lisa say that she was hearing the fans sh- uh, say that they should fire Lincoln Riley after one loss. Are you kidding me? What kind of spoiled doo-doo head says something as dumb as that? I went to school from 98 to 2002 and saw some of the very worst USC football has to offer. So I find it wildly offensive that after one very close loss, people are calling for heads. I'm sorry. I'm a total USC homer too. But for goodness sake, chill out. It's year one. It's a brand new team. It's year one in all caps. And we're already going bowling at minimum. So take a deep breath. Take your Xanax and enjoy the ride. Love you both and fight on, Dan from Valley Village. (laughs) Thanks for the message, Dan. Uh, Also, I mean... I'm. Uh, there were a lot of trolls in the chat on uh, during the car cast, so like that uh, to me is trolling. I think less trolly comments about firing Alex Grinch were certainly shared. Yeah. After the game, I would agree with Dan. It's year one. It's one loss by one point in Salt Lake City under weird circumstances. Like this is not the time to start firing people or even talk about firing people. Uh, right. But also, this is sports and. I saw people talking about firing Pete Carroll during the Pete Carroll era, so uh, yeah, yeah. it happens. There are certainly Alabama fans out there who uttered the words "fire Nick Saban" at some point this it, weekend. Now, so. good time when I mentioned that if Dave Roberts isn't getting fired, then <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right, we got a message from Jeremiah. Says, "Good afternoon. I I know we've all had a, a couple days to cool down, and we should stop talking about the refs." But for the Fallout episode, or for just for your, your consideration, I think it's fair to mention that the refs are always a problem in Salt Lake City. Take a trip down memory lane to Sark's first year and Adori having two scores wiped off the board due to A, a fumbled callback that was then called a fumble after review, B, a kickoff return for a TD with an unfounded hold block in the back. I'm trying to recall, I also believe there, there were sh- shenanigans during the Darnold debut as well. I just can't remember the calls. I'm saying it's cathartic to reminisce, and I feel like there was something else at play here, yet we only lost by one point. I would also like to add the defensive players will become apprehensive and skittish when they see all the flags getting tossed. You don't want to be the next one. Keep that as food for thought as we continue to criticize the defensive performance. I guarantee you that those calls were affecting them 
Thank you for your attention and fight on Jeremiah Jones. Yeah. Thanks for the message, Jeremiah. And I, I certainly agree that the calls can have a negative impact on the mentality of players yeah. and the great, you know, this is the thing is like great teams and great players will find a way to shrug it off and, and get their next stop. And that's me just saying that sometimes you have to remember too that this is a, a, be a, goldfish, a right? this is a team. Yeah, you have to be a goldfish, but also this is a team of young men who may not always be capable of being goldfish. I'm not capable of being a goldfish half the time, so I'm not gonna sit here and say that like that they are like bad people for not being able to be goldfish. Like this is what happens. This is this is the struggle of life, learning those lessons and. And learning how to let these kinds kinds of things shrugs off, and and this is also why we enjoy college football because we're watching people who are learning and growing and figuring things out and aren't perfect. They're not pros. Like it it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, as for Salt Lake City, I'm not going to say it's a Salt Lake City thing. I'm just going to continue to say it's a Pac-12 refs thing. Like, yeah. and also it's going to be a big Big Ten refs thing, and it's going to be you know. On Saturday, I was writing things about Tennessee fans thinking that the refs were trying to to rig the game for Alabama. Like, everybody complains about their refs. Yeah. Pac-12 refs are particularly bad, but that's why it feels like we're having deja vu every time these things happen in different places because, you know, there are just bad calls every weekend in every game for every team, and we remember the ones that went against our team. Yeah, the, the 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 thing that I find hilarious to be is the duality of SC fans who are absolutely sure that the Pac-12 has it out for SC at the same time coexisting with Pac-12 fans who are absolutely sure that SC gets every call. Yes, Twitter is an interesting and place like, for that. I, I, it's like wild that it's just like so much of the it it tells you how the perspective of sports is so much like everybody's got blinders on Mm -hmm. to their own perspective right like you you, you're always going to think about the calls that didn't go your way and you're going to remember those things like jeremiah says you're going to remember the dory scoop and score that should have counted right you're going to remember that forever um i am i am going to remember the you know uh as a Jags fan, um, uh, Miles Jack being ruled down when he shouldn't have been down in the AFC Championship game, right? Like, you're going to remember those things. Nobody's ever remembering the calls that they benefited from, right? Like, you just, you never... It's easier to put those out of your mind. Well, especially because a lot of times you just don't even, you don't even don't register. Them. Right? Yeah, you don't have the conversations after the game about them like right. everybody on, on the other side is going to be having. Yeah, yeah so I, I think that I think this is less so like a, a, a Salt Lake thing and more so like everyone just remembers when they've got burned, right? Everyone remember has the like the the trauma of like ref trauma. There's also home cooking, and and I I don't say that as a phenomenon that like happens on purpose, but when you're in front of a home crowd, like you might, you were going to respond to the crowd going ooh after the quarterback gets hit and maybe quicker to pull your flag because of it. Like, you know, that kind of stuff happens. Dan in the chat says, how about a timeout in the middle of play? Like, yeah. On the, on the, the the interception return, like the, the poor call by the the ref to stop the clock. Stop the clock. Yeah. Which I mean, 
yeah, I I get like Utah fans bringing that up. But at the same time, like I was sitting there going like, man, if I was a defensive coordinator, I know this is a very niche scenario, but like if I was a defensive coordinator, I would make sure all of my players knew that if you have an interception after a pass interference and you are the team trying to run down the clock, like it is such run a out niche the clock. scenario. It's too. such yeah. a niche scenario, but like I, I didn't, this. I didn't know that that could happen, but like USC yeah. almost, if Utah had run out the clock, USC would have had an untimed down. Right. But it, it makes sense, like but, in hindsight, like he should have ran backwards. Yeah, he should have just avoided contact. <laughs> but like, who thinks about that? But like, he, you know, it was weird, like justice in my mind because like that feels like it shouldn't be the way it is, right. but it is. And so the the inadvertent whistle or whatever, it t- whatever they turned it to be like, because like, those timing rules aren't written for that specific. Situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't make a difference. But uh, but that was one of the things, you know, I thought there was some valid complaints about there was a maybe a questionable hold in the end zone. Um, my thing about a lot of fans complaining about holding on any in any direction is just like holding is such a if you I, want to point out bad refereeing on on anyone's end, like there will always be screenshots of holds I, that you can point to. Like I, I implore anyone talking about holding penalties. Um, like I get it. Like, Oh, it's frustrating. I, 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 I get like, there's, yes, there's like holding on every penalty on, on, yeah. on every play on both sides. Yes. A thousand percent. I, I get that. The hardest play to, to, to call because like you're looking for the egregious ones, right? Yeah. Like it's the egregious one holds that get called. Right. But when people take a picture of it, like, it's I just think of like of every holes. time I go through Getty images to find an image for like, a thumbnail for a YouTube video or a featured image for an article or something like every single picture has like some guy getting held. Yeah. Because if you just take a snapshot, like that's the position you're going to find players hands in yeah. all the time. Um, Whether or not it's holding is a side story because again, like it all depends on, was it an egregious hold? Was it this? Was it that? Was it, was he action? When did he release? Like, yeah, there's like, just a lot of nuance there right. that I don't well, even have time It was for. the the Brendan Rice thing, right? Like, it it was a great block until he held it too far because the guy ran behind him. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah, yeah, that one's just like it, it was a textbook hold because yes, it and it ends up allowing. Um, uh, was it, it was Taj Washington, right? Um, on yeah, the return, yeah. um, ends up allowing him to have a bigger return. But like it's one of those situations where like that's you you completely get why it happens how it happens yeah yeah um, all right let's go to questions what we've gotten from YouTube here everyone joining in on the chat as well you can always pop in your question put question at the front it helps us uh, see them and tag them and uh, talk to them about them here in the mailbag James says wonder if we can get Big Ten officials for the UCLA game yeah. That would be funny, but then it would just be an introduction to how Big Ten officials also suck because all referees suck. Like, yeah, I, just, I think if you watch yeah. a Michigan game, and I think Michigan fans will tell you that like Michigan uh, Big Big Ten refs are the actual worst. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is why, like, I think it's very. I I get it, and I'm sympathetic to the thought of like leaving the Pac-12 because of the how the Pac-12 refs interpret the the rules. I'm so sympathetic to that because we've talked about it. They just call everything. But at the same time, like I think it's so, such wishful thinking to think that any other conference 
in the grand scheme of things, is going to be significantly better. I think refereeing is just hard. Yes, absolutely. Refereeing is hard. Um, I think it will be better in the ways that people want it to be better, though, in the sense of like they they might show more competence in terms of philosophy, but they'll still miss calls. Like, don't don't think don't get it twisted. There will be miss calls, and those miss calls will benefit and hurt USC at some point. It just all goes round and round. Yeah. Uh, David Grader says the defense is obviously the problem. What changes need to be made? I I, th- I think the linebackers got to play better. I, I think SC needs to get more from the linebackers. It doesn't help when Eric Gentry gets hurt. Uh, but Shane Lee and pass coverage, not helping. Um, the, the pressure really has not really come from the linebackers either. Uh, the, the, the turnovers tend to come from the secondary. Like, it's the linebackers. So I think I 100% agree. The linebackers um, need, need something, need an injection of, of life in there. Um, I think that maybe Alex Grinch needs to reassess pressures and where the pressures are coming from and who's effective at, at bringing pressure uh, in the right moments and how to deal with a particular player who is, who is destroying you. Like, Kincaid was I think this might be a really interesting couple of weeks because if ever there was going to be an opportunity to start to see more after a bye week and then playing Arizona uh, to see more from the sort of guys waiting in the wings your Rajon Davises your Julian Simons your uh, you know maybe we saw a lot of Tui Sivi Namora seeing more of Tui Sivi Namora maybe like that kind of situation where maybe the the changing of the guard, if it was ever going to happen, you'd sort of like to see the transition be born out of these next two weeks. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when we say that, like that doesn't mean, you know, you could throw Rajon Davis in there and he could be out of his depth. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I, I'm apprehensive to, to, to the idea that, Oh, the, the answer all along was this guy who just never got playing time. Like, yeah, that, which that sometimes is always, does happen, but it's it's also very rare. It's very hopeful. Yeah, it's, it's very it's very hopeful. Yeah, and and yeah, may, maybe I I just you know I have a hard time thinking that that's for sure uh, the answer. Uh, Sj says at the Rice Eccles uh, blackout there was a sea of black shirts, a sprinkling of cardinal, but that one random dude wearing blue. My question, Michael, would you be that guy? Would you? No, probably not. I, I probably, I mean, realistically, in that situation, I probably would have been wearing like a black hoodie. That's what I was about to say. Like, if if you were just going to be like a random guy in the crowd, like you'd probably be wearing black. Yeah, m- more more than likely. Uh, not because like to participate in the blackout thing, but just because that's me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I... The the one random per, per, pe- um like I always think of uh, Marlins man when Marlins man is at a game and he just stands He's out just like a sore thumb yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Sager says did did Red of Troy the Red of Troy house go to high schools in SoCal uh, so at least went to Notre Dame the big Notre Dame grad Notre Dame high school Notre Dame grad high school yeah. Notre Dame same thing. High school. Um, and then um, I, of course, went to the uh, two-time CAF state champ, um, Norma. Go, go Gauchos. G-Halves. I, I don't want to talk about this upcoming week against Pedro. It's going to be bad. <laughs> and I, 
Yep. I mean, I just went to Pedro yesterday and like I was just wincing every time I turned the corner. We talked about potentially going to that game. And uh, someone over here was like, well, but I haven't been to a game in so long and I don't want to, I don't want it to be that game because it's just going to be. I want it to be that game, but I don't want it to be that game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Down with the Pirates. Um, Let's go to a question we got from Glenn. What's frustrating is after all these years of seeing major issues with the Pac-12 refs, the conference has done nothing to change the narrative. I Okay, I disagree with this. I don't think that they've done nothing. I think there's a difference between them trying and the narrative not changing. Because they've tried a bunch of stuff. They've tried, like, they, they brought in the, the guy specialist. Who, who, who's the specialist to talk at Media Day. They've done all that stuff. They, they like, after, they've hired people. They've, they've hired people. They, they've talked about this, this big stuff at Media Day about how they're changing things and they're doing they have tried to do that stuff. The narrative have, has never changed. So, like, everything they've tried just hasn't worked. And I think that goes back to, again, refs, refs are just bad. Like, it's just it's hard to be a referee, and they're going to always end up looking bad. I, I guess my response there would be that I, I do think that the Pac-12 has tried but I also think there's a difference between like I could say I'm gonna try to get in marathon shape, but right. if I'm not committed to getting in marathon shape, then like I can say, well, I tried because I went for a run yesterday, but that doesn't mean that like I actually really did or that I really stuck with it or really had accountability for it. And I think that's one of my issues with the conference is you know, you can talk this talk, but are you actually having accountability with your referees? Are you are you holding them to a standard that will take them from being the worst referees, uh, the the worst of the worst to the middle of the worst, which is <laughs> what I would be, you know, ex- would, would feel acceptable. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that the frustration is real. I but it's also a reflection of the entire conference, not just with regard to refereeing. The management of the entire conference has been right very blase about quality. So yeah, and, and to me, this is the more egregious stuff with the Pac 12, not necessarily the TV contract. And I, I I get why the TV contract is the be all and end all because money is is everything. Um but this is this is even worse because like this is stuff that didn't have to be representative of the market and all that those kind of like yeah th- this is entirely in their control. within the control yeah you well to I mean? a point but but yeah like Glenn yeah, says to, to the to a point totally understand but it just seems they can't get any traction accountability is an issue with the conference and yeah, yeah I think Glenn that's what it comes down to is is when you look at accountability across the board within the conference you don't see it and and it doesn't just it's not just contained within the refereeing problem like the refereeing problem is a symptom of other things that are are mismanaged and not account, not held kind of held accountable in the conference, which is ultimately why USC leaves. USC leaves for the for the Big Ten because well, they leave because of the money. Because the money, but why does the Big Ten have the money? Because the Big Ten is not squandering it to the degree that the Pac-12. Is. Well, the Big Ten has the money because they have like fan support. They have TV markets. They have blue bloods. So they like there's a there's a yeah and competent leadership mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it's a it's a bunch of things yeah um 
Uh, Dave the Greater says, back to my question from the CarCast, is there a way to see the score given to the refs? I'm sure there isn't, but it should be made public. Yeah, that, that's. I I think that's one of those things where is never going to be. It's never going to be public, gonna be public. Uh, as long as it's not a hardened sort of metric. At least that, not that we know. We know in baseball there are metrics given to how refs. Sorry, how umps are, um, and we can see a lot of those numbers just based on the on the technology that exists. Um, there's public facing. Yeah, there's public facing statistics that people can look up that like what is this guy's uh close call um right compared to somebody else right yeah that I, I think in a situation where in football in there isn't a hardened way to have that data i think it's a little bit harder and then on top of it there's probably legal reasons why it can't be public like you probably don't want it public especially when gambling's legal Mm-hmm. Like, is that going to alter, you know, how things are, uh, how money goes? And, and I don't know. There's... If I was a gambler, though, I would want that. In, like, right. Like, like, I would want that information. I would want to know going into a game, like, yeah, these guys are going to be throwing flags or very heavily or, or they're going to sort of keep the flags this, in their pocket. This guy kind of always thing. calls, um, you know, things uh, benefiting the home team because yeah, maybe because this guy impacted is. By the, is crowds. impacted by the crowd noise or yeah. maybe this guy um you know this just, guy tends to call pass interference yeah so, or whatever it is and then yeah. you're like well then i'm not gonna bet uh, the under because the offenses are not gonna be right like, or something like quick. that yeah I, I don't know yeah I, I think in a perfect world it'd be great to see all this stuff for um but we don't facing, even but we don't even see this in the nfl so like yeah. uh, again we don't see this in soccer either um we know that these that the officials are getting grades of some sort because that's how they determine like postseason mm-hmm. um, uh, duties and stuff like that. But no league out there that has a choice in the matter puts that out front. Yeah. Um, can you imagine if the if MLB released like all their data on Angel Hernandez? Ooh. At the- That'd be, that'd be a day. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dave the Greater also says, speaking of that last drive, uh, quote, unquote, drive, see? He, he agreed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how did we get that time back in the clock? So I, I'm i trying to remember. So the during a the interception blew. return, a ref, was it a ref or signaled? A that ref the, signaled that the clock should stop, so the clock stopped. Yes. And I'm guessing that that ref didn't realize that the ball was intercepted? Yes. The ref thought that the after the pass interference when the ball got tipped the ref thought that it was an incomplete pass yes and so then the clock operator has to stop the clock if they see any of those things yeah so they stop the clock um and it costs utah like four or five seconds they they couldn't they could have run down then but also there was time added on there too like I can't remember exactly how it played out. I haven't rewatched that sequence. They don't do a very good job of explaining it to us either. So, but there's another time where they add a couple of seconds, right? My they added so the the clock was down to like eight, and they reset it. They reset the clock to when the clock got. So they just completely. It's as though the rest of that play didn't happen. Yeah, I, right. Yeah, the the whole the whole thing was a mess. 
Uh, Scott says, did it annoy anyone else that the, the must rushed the field? Uh, they were favored uh, for F's sake. I uh, don't get mad at people for rushing the field. I think field rushes are awesome. On an emotional night. When as long as they're safe. Especially in a one-point win. Uh, okay, if you rush the field and you've won by like 20 or something like that and you've had a whole quarter to digest the fact that you were going to win, then I think you're a little bit lame, but circumstances, whatever. Well, we'll if see. you win by 20 and you are favored. Favored, yeah, yeah don't sure. do that. But a one-point win on an emotional night against a top 10 team, even though you were favored, it's still an upset in terms of the rankings. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, it was a last second thing. Like I get it. I don't mind it. Yeah. And I like when Ohio state rushes the field, their, their last game of the season. Uh, they, they tend to do that. Um, that looks kind of, that looks super cool. Uh, I like that Clemson just rushes the field every game. Um, which my least favorite part of Twitter are people are like, why is Clemson rushing the field for beating a, a, a Mercer? And it's like, well, they've rushed the field for, like, that's their tradition is they just yeah. rush the field. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't mind it as long as it's, as long as it's safe and, and people aren't going to get hurt. Yeah. Uh, which is, is a concern, which is the certainly. Concern. Yes. Uh, but on an emotional night like that, um, after losing to UCLA, getting a win in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, um, it's college football. That's that's what's great about it. Yeah. Um, Eric says, "Does watching Cam Rising highlights uh, from the game give you Vince Young flashbacks?" It makes me sick. You know who it reminds me of? It's not Vince Young. Brett Hundley. It's a little old quarterback from a little old high school called Narbon. Troy Williams. So the, okay. the, 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 Sam, the Sam Darnold game in 2016, SC loses that in the final minute because Troy Williams runs in and he, he ran in, right? Was, didn't he run in for a score? At I the don't end? remember. Um, 2014 in the final minute, SC loses the game because uh, Wilson, Travis Wilson runs in for a, uh, a touch. Did he run in or was that a pass? Again, I don't remember. I, I don't, Maybe it was a pat. Was Your it a rub route? Better I think than it was, was it a rub route? Yeah, I, I think it was. Maybe. I don't know. But I they score in the in the last minute. SC has lost in the last minute at Utah like three times. And all of them have been like, they're not like the same play, but like they might as well could have been. Same play in spirit. Yeah. And um, yeah, and Travis Wilson was a guy who beat SC on the ground at times. Uh, Troy Williams, the greatest quarterback in LA City history. Yes, I said it. Sorry to my Holloway. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he beat um, SC on the ground at times. Uh, ultimately, Troy Williams played SC in 2017, and uh, Shotgun Spratling talked about this. The irony is that in 2017, Utah scores in the final minute, goes for two, but doesn't get it. Remember, Jane Harris makes a crazy tackle right at the goal line. Mm-hmm. That was basically the same thing, but didn't pan out because that one, uh, Troy Williams gets stopped. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is one of those things. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I could see, I could see why you, you would, you would think about the, uh, the, the VY highlights. But um, yeah, to me, I just end up thinking about the, the other Utah guys. Well, it didn't help that he was literally there. He was. He was. Yes, he was. Uh, Dan says, "What do you think about the three-way tie for first place at the end of the season?" 
UCLA, SC, and Utah. I think that would be wild if that happened. I cannot see it actually happening because I think Oregon's got a very legitimate chance here. Well, in order for that to happen, we're going to have to lose twice. So UCLA, UCLA, well, UCLA have to and beat. Utah have to both beat them. Yeah, which I, I don't know. I mean, it could I happen. Both I wouldn't of those bet games on. Are yeah, I I wouldn't bet on Utah beating Oregon at Austin. Yeah. Uh, Dan says Troy Williams was the TV pass. Yeah, like I said, I, I my my memory is more mostly that Troy Williams did it more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, Adam says, "Why did Vince Young have to be there?" Apparently, uh, he's friends with somebody yeah. on the Utah staff, like the running backs coach or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, Manuel's back. Uh, he asked about things uh, about Salt Lake the City? Salt Lake City thing. Mm-hmm. He said, "Had a great time. Lucky thirteen proper burgers." And Rosio's uh, was outstanding. Rice Eccles was rocking. Um, let's play again at the end of the season. Thanks again for the pointers. Awesome. Glad you had a good trip. Yeah. Good job, um, chap, for for pointing uh, Manuel in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the it was funny because the red iguana came up because uh, that's what what was hopping on Friday night. Apparently, I was on Twitter. Our friends over at uh, uscfootball.com were chilling there. I think. And the do people go get uh, Venmo money from? Chris? I don't know how much Venmo money Chris Trevino gave out. I hope <laughs> I hope people cash in on that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, this is going to wrap up this episode. Thanks for everyone for joining along. We will be back on Wednesday with a full jam packed episode to talk about SC through the first seven games. We're going to talk mid season stuff. We're probably going to do like mid-season superlatives. We haven't written the rundown yet, but like I've got a bunch of ideas. I'm excited about it. I have started to compile data for my does USC have a second quarter problem question as a teaser. Mm. As a teaser. But find out on Wednesday. It's weird. Like a second quarter problem is weird. Like like how do you even? I'm, I'm, I'm compiling my stats. Now, I'm not saying that it, that it's not the case, but like, like where ha- does what, that come from and why? I have no idea. Yeah, like it's like yeah. third quarter makes sense. Like, well, you just halftime. You, did, you didn't adjust, and the other team did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. First quarter makes sense because you just started out flat or whatever. But like, yeah. A second quarter problem is like, well, how does that happen? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, really quick, says, "Do you think this past week's game helped or hurt SC's recruiting pitch?" I don't think it did any. Anything yeah. to that. Um, Gerard over at USSuperball.com always talks about, and he'd be the expert to ask this, but the, he always talks about one game doesn't change anyone's mind. Plus, you can absolutely spin the, if if you come here. You're starting right away if you're a linebacker or a defensive lineman. <laughs> but also, yeah. you're you're why we get yeah. score two more points and don't lose by a point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think everything that could be negative could be absolutely spun back the other way. But also I think USC's best recruiting pitch across the board is just like there are starting jobs wide open sure. on this team. Yeah, and that goes for the 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 portal too. Offensive line too, because so many mm-hmm. of those guys are or graduating. speaking of Gerard the porthole. Yes, yeah. porthole. Uh Glenn, final question for real. Glenn says, Will Haas score points this weekend? They will course, not. <laughs> referring to me wearing a Haas cap. Uh, because it is uh, U.S. Grand Prix. Hey, it would be fitting for the American team. It's to... not fitting. It's a snapback. 
it would be right for the that American. Was, that was funny. it was funny. That was funny. It would be right for the American team to score points at the United States Grand Prix, but uh, <laughs> it's also Haas. And I don't know what happened to Kevin Magnuson, but like I feel like he went from Kevin Magnuson and Valtteri Bottas went from like the first That's few the weeks of the season going like, oh man, like they're really rolling you know with those teams, and they have they have literally not scored their, a point in their cars- months. Haas didn't develop their didn't like bring in the upgrade until like the middle of the year. Yeah. And even when they did, like it did nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So like they've just been at the same the same spot the whole time. Oh. Like Glenn is heading to Austin. I, I am jealous. so jealous, dude. Jealous. So jealous. Let us know about the uh, about the the brisket. Uh let us know if you're going to Franklin's, if you're going to Black's, if you're going to Lockhart. Um, what's the other place? What's the uh salt lick? The salt lick, yeah. yeah. Well, there's blacks and Terry Blacks. Yeah. Um Lockhart's just a great place to go if you want to do some barbecue tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Barbecue tourism sounds weird, right? Like it, as, it, it sounds like uh like as someone who is invested in TikTok, I, I like I'm weirdly subscribed to um Hawaiian uh tourism like the hawaiian hawaiian what, tourism debates about yeah uh, but like there's a word for it like um something to tur- I, I don't remember i don't know yeah but glenn uh, says rot meet up in vegas for the f1 race next year yeah i want to make for it happen sure. dude i really do um no i do want to say one thing about lockhart like i literally went there for barbecue tourism like we went knowing we we're gonna stop at like four different places and when you do that like it's like wine tasting or yeah, like the, the, the rookie mistake you can make when you go wine tasting is like, oh, we're just going to go everywhere and we're going to drink all well, the wine that they give us and blah, blah, blah. And are you, you going to say what I think you're saying about this? You go to four different places and you get brisket from all of them and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And you eat like two slices of brisket at every place and then you're like, oh my God, I want to no, die. Oh, I was just saying the rookie mistake is the, is getting sides. Yes. Which, which sucks because it's like you look at the mac and cheese. You're oh like, my oh, gosh. Good. It looks so good. Creamed corn, yeah, mac and, and cheese. Oh. Or they just give you like the slices of white bread with it. And you're like, oh, but I like yeah, a slice can, of white bread. Mrs. <laughs> Barrett's don't care about it. <laughs> but no, give yeah. me the, um, or, or the, uh, the banana. And, but, but like a, the boat of banana, uh, banana cream, cream pie or yeah, banana. Or, yeah. Or the, the cobbler. Banana pudding or like, cobbler stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. yeah. But that, that's all stuff designed for you to eat less brisket. The brisket. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, for real, last question. Nick says, can you, can you forgive me for being a jackass on Twitter? Emotions are running high. Emotions are always running high yes. in those kind of games. Yeah. For, for, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I think everyone. I, I, uh, I disregard. I, I get. I get pissed off at things, and then I just disregard them like twenty minutes later because I'm like, we're all just, we're all just hyped up. Like, yeah. <laughs> gotta calm down. All right, uh, we will see you guys on Wednesday, same, same rock time at the same rock channel. Mm-hmm. Did I do that reference right? Maybe. Yes. Okay. Even though, I last point for real. Yeah. <laughs> never, ever, ever. If you're singing someone happy birthday. Please never do the, the and many more. No, don't do any of Channel no, Four please, and Scooby Doo no, okay, on I'm Channel hit, Two and Highway to Heaven on Channel.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.